Welcome to the podcast of Grace Crossing Church, the life and faith intersect. Join us for this Sunday service as we look into the scriptures seeking to be transformed into the image of Christ. Many of you don't know this, but uh, today's also a day of celebration for us. This is our third anniversary here in our building, so today's our birthday and in this particular location. So uh, let's uh, give thanks to God for all that He's done here at Grace Crossing Church. It's been wonderful. In three years' time, I have never stood on this platform to speak. Okay, we've built this for Breakfast with Santa. How many of you were here for, for Breakfast with Santa yesterday, by the way? Wasn't it a great event? Tremendous. We had a great turnout, a wonderful host of people that, that served us. So this was there for breakfast with Santa. Santa sat right up here and told the Christmas narrative, the true Christmas narrative about Jesus Christ. It was wonderful to uh, watch our kids hear that story. And then uh, we have it up also for our concert this coming Thursday and Friday night. Don't want you to miss it. Seven o'clock. Our band has been working really, really hard. Got, got a lot of rehearsals this week and uh, Friday and Saturday are going to be or Thursday, Friday, rather, the 19th and 20th, going to be a wonderful days um, for us to celebrate. 2021, rather. 2021. So uh, be sure you're here and be sure you join us. We'd love to have you. Well, I think all of us uh, this morning can probably look back to some significant gifts that we've gotten in our lives. Um, some meaningful, memorable gifts that uh, every time we think about that person, we remember that gift. Uh, the one that I uh, have that I think about often is actually my wedding band. It's a very special wedding band that my wife gave me. Um, when she bought it for me and gave it to me for Christmas, I remember opening this and taking a look at it and just thinking about the significance of this ring. Not just what it represented in our marriage, but what it says on it. On the outside of this uh, band, there are three words. God, strength, and honor. And on the inside of this band, one word. The word faith. I think that's fitting because faith is often something we can't see. But it's really the platform on which everything else is built in our lives. And for me, that Christmas, it was my chance and my wife's chance to talk about our marriage, our relationship. And not only why our marriage mattered to us, but for her, why those words mattered to her. And so every time I look at this wedding band, it's a meaningful reminder to me of a gift that just made a difference in my life that brings so much value to who I am as a person. I think all of us can remember special gifts, significant gifts, and perhaps some of us can remember gifts that we gave to somebody that wasn't so meaningful, or maybe it didn't do or produce what we thought it was going to produce. I was talking to my daughter Ashley recently uh, about the Christmas of 2004 and the gift that she got in 2000. We were really excited about that year. We thought it was going to be a wonderful gift. But let me let you let her tell the story about the Christmas of 2004. Hi, Grace Crossing. My dad asked that I share with you the story of the Christmas of 2004 and the gift that I received from my parents that year. Uh, in 2004, I graduated from Beaver Creek High School, and then I traveled off to college in Pennsylvania. And uh, while I was there, I was like all the other kids and went to the library to do all my homework on the computers that they had there, and my parents knew this. And when I came home for Christmas, um, the tradition that we have in our family is we usually get each other a lot of, you know, little gifts, practical gifts that we need, and then there's one big gift that we get 
to be the really exciting gift to open and we always wait and open that one last and so this year my dad was just so excited about this big gift that I was going to get. He was just talking it up, just really talking about it, telling me how excited I would be once I saw it, and uh, he couldn't wait for me to open it. So Christmas uh, morning, I come downstairs, and there's this huge box under the tree. And uh, we're opening some of our little gifts, and, you know, my parents are saying, you need to wait, wait to open that big one. You'll, you, you can't wait to see what it is. So finally, it came to the time that I was allowed to open my big gift. And so I started opening this box, and I saw there were some, uh, like, electronic symbols on it and stuff, and I thought, what in the world is this? I open it all the way up, and I see that it is a brand new computer for me to take to college. And I could not believe it. I mean, I'm just saying, I can't believe you guys got me this. Oh my goodness, I was never expecting to get this. And I was just thanking them over and over. And the home video that we have of this uh, scene on Christmas morning, the last words that you hear are, now Ash, you need to know that, and the video cuts off. Let me explain to you in my words what happened after that. Now Ash, you need to know that although you think this is a brand new computer, this is actually the family's desktop computer that's been downstairs in the basement for the last couple years that we repackaged in its original box and wrapped it for you for Christmas morning. <laughs> now, needless to say, I was still thankful to get a computer to use at college, but uh, not quite what I thought that it was originally. So I lugged that thing back to college. It took up my entire desk space for that year, and somehow I managed to save up enough money to buy myself a laptop the next year. But I hope you guys enjoyed hearing a little bit about uh, one of our Dukeman family Christmases. Merry Christmas, everybody. Can anybody say a swing and a miss? Okay, that was, that was a swing and a miss, all right? Great, great hearts, great intentions. So I had to remind my daughter of a great scripture verse that I want to remind you of today. It's found actually in Acts chapter 20, and we're given this verse by Luke, who wrote the book of Acts. If it weren't for Luke, we wouldn't have this, these words of Jesus, because they appear nowhere in the Gospels. But here's what it says. You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive, Ashley. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Those are good words for us today, aren't they? Because when we think of gifts, I think often we think of receiving gifts and the wonderful gifts we receive. But, but in reality, what Jesus taught us was this. You are going to get a whole lot more joy out of giving than you'll get out of receiving. Now, the Bible here doesn't suggest that it's not blessed to receive. I mean, I still like to receive gifts, don't you? But if we're honest with ourselves, how much more do we need? I mean, if we're honest with ourselves, most of us don't need anything else, any other gift. And so what the Bible says here is that true happiness in life doesn't come from receiving gifts. True happiness in life comes as we give gifts away. There are children at the Red Cross emergency housing that this Christmas are going to be blessed because you have given. We had a giving tree last Sunday morning in our community room, 
every single one of those ornaments that contained a gift was taken last Sunday morning. And we had people waiting in line uh, to receive one of those ornaments. Now, if you still want to give, we have our change for a dollar out in our gallery. We've been collecting over the last number of weeks uh, resources that we can help a family in our community that is hurting because of the loss of their mother, a spouse, a child. And we're going to help supply and bless this family as the Lord enables us to do that. Every time that you give to a 50C3, a not-for-profit organization, you are making a difference. Grace Crossing Church is one of those. We are a not-for-profit entity here that's adding value to our community. And every time you give to an organization that is adding value to the community, you are doing what Jesus commended us to do. That it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. And every time you give, you allow us to have a larger, broader influence and impact on our community. So thank you for your generosity. This morning, there are two particular gifts that I want to talk about that we get because of Jesus Christ. They come part and parcel with the birth of Christ. But, but these gifts are unique in the sense that God gives them to us, and then he asks us to turn around and to give them also to others. We don't take the gift we've received and give that gift away, but we do the very same thing Jesus did for us. And these two gifts are absolutely incredible gifts that every one of us in this auditorium need in our life operationally. It's my grown-up Christmas list for you that are here today. Both of them are found in the narrative of the Christmas story. The first one that we're going to take note of is found when the, uh, the angels come to the shepherds as they're out at night tending their flocks. And here was the announcement that came in Luke chapter 2. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Now, I think that we've got to note this this morning. There is a direct correlation between giving God glory and the presence of peace. In other words, what brings God the greatest glory in life is when there is peace in our relationships and when there is the absence of conflict and chaos and turmoil. He came in a broad way to bring peace to the world, peace on earth, But it goes further than that. It has to do with goodwill in relationships between mankind, between one another. Now, all you have to do is take a cursory scan of the headlines of the news. And you discover very quickly that our world is void of peace. All of Europe, their economy is hanging by a thread. And it's spilled over into the streets of Greece with rioting. We've got problems that are continuing today in Egypt as we see that 18 months ago they overthrew uh, a dictator and they're right on the verge of deposing another one. Russia seems to be up to some of its old tricks again. We have our embassy that was attacked in Libya and four of our brave diplomats and Americans are killed at our embassy in Libya. And then we've got a war that continues in Afghanistan trying to deal with terrorism. Here's the reality. As you look at the landscape of the world, and then you add into it things like what happened in in, uh, Connecticut just two days ago, you realize that the world is desperate for peace. 
strife abounds. And if you're like me when I hear the stories, I feel a little bit helpless, powerless. Like, what can we do to make a difference? I feel like when I was a kid, and I used to hear my mom and dad fighting, and I was in my bedroom feeling helpless, but hoping for the best. That's kind of what we feel like when we see the chaos of our world, and we feel like, God, what can we do to make a difference? But we're not powerless. There is something that we can do to make a difference. We can be agents of God's peace in our relationships. In other words, in our scope of influence, in the world that we live in, we can do exactly what Jesus did. We can bring peace on earth and goodwill toward men. We have an opportunity to do that every day in our relationships. Because here's what happens in life. As we go through our lives... There tends to be brush fires that start in relationships. It might be misunderstandings. It could be conflict in a relationship. It could actually be an all-out war situation with somebody else. And what happens is we make this huge mistake of thinking, if we ignore the brush fire, it will put itself out. Over time, that thing will just die down. It doesn't. Over time, those brush fires only get worse. And they begin to burn more intensely. And at some point in our life, we've got to stop long enough to say, can we do something about this? Can we bring some some peace to this situation? Now, you, you might be here today, and I suspect there are a lot of us in this auditorium, we can probably think of three or four brush fires right now in our lives that are burning. Maybe some of them feel contained. And maybe they're not out of control, but they're burning. You say, how in the world do I know if I've got a relationship that needs peace? Let me give you a good question to ask yourself to help you with this. Who is it you're trying to avoid? In other words, who is it that you don't want to see? That when you're out and about, you don't want to run into them. When you go to family events, you don't want to see them. That could be a great way to figure out who the people are in our lives that we need to build peace with, that we need to bring goodwill to those relationships. We may need to take the fire hose of peace and turn them on the brush fire of conflict and chaos. I think God expects us as followers of Jesus to take the first step. That's tough to do. It's tough to be the person to pick up the phone and make the phone call and leave the message. It's tough to send the email to a person and say, I don't like the way things ended in our relationship. I just want to say that I'd like to restart this thing. Or, or maybe for you, it's somebody that's already passed. And maybe that relationship is already over. And it's going to be hard for you to deal with it. But for every relationship that's here on this earth today, we have the privilege of doing what God did. Peace on earth, goodwill toward men, is still God's appeal that echoes through the heavens today. And it's God asking us to be agents of peace. If God is the agent of peace, and I believe He is in the universe, then we all as followers of God would do well to follow suit, wouldn't we? We'd do really well to follow God's example and say we're going to do everything we can to bring peace on earth, goodwill toward men. 
The gift of peace, I think, goes hand in hand with the second gift. A gift that every one of us receives at Christmas. Every one of us received it the moment we entrusted our hearts to Christ. And it's a gift that God expects us to give away. It's the gift of forgiveness. We often don't think about the birth of Christ having to do with forgiveness. But it's really what it was all about. In fact, when you go back and you look at the the narrative of the Christmas story, and you find about what was said to Mary and to Joseph regarding the son that was going to be born, Luke's Gospel tells us this. Luke chapter 1, verse 31. When the angel spoke to Mary, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. God was very specific about the name. Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, the angel then appears, an angel appears to to Joseph and says this, Mary will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. The name Jesus simply means Savior or the one who rescues. Listen, if God had thought that we needed a healer, he would have sent a doctor. If God thought that what we needed was knowledge, he'd have sent an educator. If God thought what we needed was more information, more understanding, he would have sent a scientist. If God said that what they need is more money, they need a better economy, God would have sent a banker, a financier. But God didn't. God knew what every person needed was forgiveness. And so he sent a savior. He sent the one who could come and bring us what we need, what we struggle with most in life. And that is, how do we forgive people who have hurt us? You know, this Christmas is a great time for you to take an inventory of that landscape and ask yourself, are there people in my life who I need to forgive and release? And I want to give you a new paradigm on forgiveness this morning. I was listening yesterday following breakfast with Santa uh, in the afternoon, we were home, and uh, it was my wife and myself, my daughter Aubrey, and my grandson Shane were sitting there, and we decided to turn the news on to catch up to date w- with what was happening in, uh, in Connecticut. And they were just about to have a news, uh, news coverage of one of the fathers who was coming to speak who had lost his daughter in that horrible, horrific uh, violence, that act. When he got up, 30-year-old Robbie Parker began to talk and share. And it didn't take us very long to pick up and sense where he was headed. He made a statement that all of us kind of raised our eyebrows to. And my daughter turned and said, he must be a Christian. Because here was his statement. He said, not only are we forgiving and do we want, does our hearts go out and our love go out to every family that is hurting, but, but our love... And our concern and our prayers go out to the family of this perpetrator, this gunman. Now listen, you cannot say that without God's help. And as he talked longer, he talked about his faith and his relationship with God, his religion, that actually was what gave him his bearings. You know, sometimes those, uh, uh, those uh, journalists ask interesting questions like, how are you going to deal with this situation? How are you going to come to terms with what you're, what you're facing? And I think well, the only way that you can respond to that as a follower of Jesus is to be able to say, I forgive. It's tough. 
It's tough to do. It takes God's help. Here's what Corinthians says. Interesting passage, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 5-11. through 11. If anyone has caused grief, you ought to forgive and comfort him so that he will not be overwhelmed by excessive sorrow. I urge you, therefore, to reaffirm your love for him. Anyone you forgive, I also forgive. And what I have forgiven, if there was anything to forgive, I have forgiven in the sight of Christ for your sake, in order that Satan might not outwit us. For we are not unaware of his schemes. Now here's a unique passage talking about forgiveness. And then right at the end of the passage, Paul adds these words, that Satan might not outwit us, for we're not unaware of his schemes. What are the schemes of the enemy when it comes to forgiveness? I think his schemes are that we think of forgiveness incorrectly. Here's what I mean. When we think of forgiveness, we think that forgiveness is about the other person. It really has very little to do with the offender. Forgiveness has much more to do with you than it has to do with the one who offends. Think of it like this. Forgiveness is the greatest gift you can give yourself. We often think of it as a gift that we give to somebody by letting them off the hook. That's the wrong way to look at it. I don't know of a better spiritual weight loss program than forgiveness. Because when you forgive, you do something that's remarkable. Forgiveness is not about letting the other person get away with it. It's about you getting away from it. And forgiveness allows you to distance yourself from that painful experience and not allow it to continue to bring damage and hurt to your life. It's not about letting them get away with it. It's about you getting away from it. Let me frame this with a story. Songwriter and singer Matthew West is known for writing worship ballads that are based on true stories. His recent album that he released, um, the, the, the single on that album that, that first uh, kind of got airplay, was a single and a song called Forgiven. It's actually based on the true story of a, of a mother by the name of Renee Napier. Renee Napier, in May of 2002, over Mother's Day weekend, lost her daughter Megan in a drunk drive, driving accident. She and a friend were driving back from the beach when they were hit head-on by a drunk driver, killing both of them instantly. Renee Napier decided to do something. She decided to become an advocate, to begin speaking out against drunk driving, to begin talking about the damage that it causes families. She began to encourage other people in her travels and in her speaking. She arranged fundraising events to help fight for this cause. But something was missing. Something was still empty inside of her. She didn't quite know what it was, but she knew that it was spiritual in nature. She knew there was more that she had to do. And so Renee Napier decided that she was going to go to the prison and visit the young man, Eric Smallridge, who was driving that vehicle drunk that snuffed out the life of her daughter. 
She went to the hospital and sat across face to face with the perpetrator. And these were the words that she said. I have come here today to tell you that I have forgiven you. I don't hold this against you. Well, as you can imagine, Small Ridge broke. And uh, he talked about how difficult it's been for him to live with himself because of the pain that he caused. He said, I could not forgive myself. But all of a sudden, over time, the other family members of the Napier family began to visit Eric Smallridge and build relationship with this young man. They actually fought and became an advocate for reducing his 22-year sentence down to 11 years and helping him to find a release. And he actually has gotten out earlier than that and now travels with them, speaking with them. Telling them about the difference that that experience made, that forgiveness, and how it melted his heart and brought Jesus Christ into his life. What did Renee Napier do? She did what we all need to do. She didn't say to Eric, you get away with it. She said, I'm getting away from it. I'm not going to let this any longer hang over my head and put a dark cloud over my heart. I want to be free so that I can live my future the way that I need to. And the only way to do that is by offering forgiveness. Now don't misunderstand what I'm saying. For some of you here, that forgiveness is going to be tough. Because the person that you need to forgive is no longer on this earth. Or the person that needs forgiven was somebody who treated you like an object rather than a person and they abused you. I'm not saying you go face to face with them. I'm not saying you ever have to speak to that individual. What I am suggesting is this. You've got to forgive with God's help. Because when you do, you get away from it. You no longer allow it to have control of your life. Some of you, it may be a spouse that decided the marriage wasn't worth fighting for any longer. Some of you, your forgiveness might, might have to be extended to, a, to an employer who decided your services were no longer necessary. They decide to let you go. It's been hard for you to forgive. For all of us, as we look at our lives, there's no doubt in my mind that there are people, and I could count them on two hands today, that I've had to choose over my life to forgive. Some that I've reached out to that never responded to it. That, be honest with you, I can live with that. I can live with doing everything that I can do and then letting the results up to them and up to God. But I can't live with not doing the right thing. This Christmas, I want to urge you to take the two great gifts God's given to us. The gift of peace, peace on earth, goodwill toward men, and the gift of forgiveness. He's not only our Savior, but He wants to become the Savior of every single person. And how do people see that modeled? They see it through our love and our forgiveness. I urge you this Christmas, don't let another Christmas come and go without doing what you need to do to receive and to give the greatest gift, the greatest gifts that God offers to us. Let's pray together. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? And let me just offer a, a prayer for us as we close. I think the forgiveness in life begins between us and God. I think for some of us here today, we need to Accept the forgiveness that God offers us through Jesus Christ. 
We've thought about this before, and maybe we even have said the prayer before. But maybe we've struggled to forgive ourselves. Can I encourage you today? God loves you so very much that He gave the greatest gift to this earth. The gift of His Son that brought this full package of redemption, forgiveness, and healing, and grace, and a new start, a new beginning. And He wants you to experience it. When we do what we can do, then God does what God can do. What we can do is we can surrender our hearts to Him. We can yield our rights to God. We can offer grace and peace and forgiveness to those that have offended us. And when we do, then God can do what God does. So this morning, let me pray for you and pray with you and just ask for God's grace to be extended to us. We ask, Lord, today that you'll help us to humble ourselves before you. To acknowledge, God, the difficulty that we have. At times to live at peace with certain individuals. At times to forgive those that have offended us, those that have violated us. We need, God, your grace and we need your mercy. We thank you for the incredible gifts that you give to us that are found in the birth and the person of your Son, Jesus. And we thank you for the invitation and the challenge that you give us then to take those same gifts that we've received, the gift of peace and the gift of forgiveness, and to give it away. Help us, I pray, Lord, as we humble ourselves and as we seek you, the great Savior of this world, as we seek you, God, help us, I pray, to have the courage that we need to take those bold steps and to do the right thing, to do what we must do. We pray, God, that every one of us will choose to get away from those situations that continue to haunt us and make it difficult to, to honor and serve you the way that we should. We want to be honorable to you, God, so we need your help. We pray this Christmas season would be filled with people here at Grace Crossing Church that are putting this to practice and that are modeling it. Bless each one here, God, those that may not know you, those that may this morning want to surrender their life to you in this moment of prayer. I pray that they, God, would receive the forgiveness that is found in Jesus. Forgive them. Make them whole. Make them right. And make their Christmas extra special, I pray as they receive you. We ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. To learn more, check out gracecrossingchurch.com. To experience Grace Crossing Church in real time, we meet on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. at 1153 Beaver Valley Road, Beaver Creek, Ohio. Thanks and have a wonderful day.